And we're back. And of course, I got an itch in my nose right as I hit the record <laughs> button. So. Of course. <laughs> Bless you. Oh my gosh. Oh, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. We are recording this on our 13th anniversary yes. uh, right here in the living room of our Columbia mansion. Um, <laughs> all 950 square feet of it. Yes. Uh, so, uh, full confession right up front. Uh, we didn't watch the movie this week. Um, mainly because after last week, I really don't feel like watching uh, Sean Connery get rapey with another woman. <laughs> um, but we're going to have a little fun this week. Uh, we're still going to talk about the movie. We're going to talk about a little bit of the behind the scenes drama of the movie. And we're going to talk about some uh, other stuff just we've been enjoying in the meantime. So to get started, uh, what's, what's some stuff you've been enjoying recently? Oh, so the last uh, few days, I'm trying to remember if it's even been a week since I got into this. But I've been watching the, uh, it's just Good Witch. I keep wanting to say The Good Witch, but it's just Good Witch. I think The Good Witch was the title of the 2008 TV movie that uh, it's a spinoff from. Okay. Yes, and I didn't know when I started watching it, there was movies pre before all this. So, but I really, I had no idea what I was getting into. I'm like, this might be something I might turn on and be like 15 minutes into it and then just be like, nah, it's not for me. Turn it off, whatever. But I am now into the the um, third season. I'm at the end of the third season. I've only got like one, maybe two episodes left for the third season. Um, yeah. And so <laughs> I've, uh, you know, I've been, there's only two more seasons right now that's available. They're in season five or season six right now is what's airing on Hallmark Channel. Yes. But um, I've just been eating it up. It's just totally my speed, totally, you know, I mean, if you like a good Hallmark movie, it's... Very girly, very cheesy. Yes, and it's it's 100% what I love. And uh, I've just been like, I had no idea what to expect, but it's really good. I will say the first season and a half as I was watching it, um, uh, Catherine... Catherine? Catherine Bell. Catherine Bell. Her upper lip bothered me mm-hmm. because she must have had Botox just before they started and it did not move. Uh-huh. Like she would smile and her lip just stayed like almost like a duck lip down there. But mm-hmm. but now as we're getting into it, I guess that's worn off and now she actually looks more natural. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that, that was my other thing. I'm like, man, that's just weird. But anyway, I'm just, I, I love it. It's, you know, I didn't know if it'd be all like witchcrafty and all that kind of stuff because of the name of the show, but it's really not. It's just, you know. It's movie magic. It's not, it's not like spells and stuff like that. It's okay. We've got Once Upon a Time for that. Yeah. Yeah. Which we've also been watching, watching back through. And that's a nice cheesy kind of genre opera style TV show. Yeah. I've been enjoying that one with you. It's uh, like, that's kind of, I guess, where the stuff you like meets the stuff I like. And Mm -hmm. so it's something we both get into. But Good Witch is... You, you try not to watch, pay too much attention when you're home and I'm watching it because otherwise you riff on it. <laughs> I, I want you to be able to unironically enjoy things. Yes. Even uh-huh. when there's a really good punchline to be had, even if it's just a good punchline that I would enjoy, it's it's not one yes. that you would enjoy. And I appreciate you restraining yourself on that. I know. <laughs> no, I, uh, in addition to Once Upon a Time, I've really been enjoying The West Wing the past bit and I think there's a part of me that it's um, it, it's some wish fulfillment for uh, uh, without getting too political 
but getting very political at the very same time. Um, it's uh, kind of an idealized political situation as far as a presidential um, office and, and cabinet and uh, played in a very fun way, uh, excellently acted by Bradley Whitford, uh, Martin Sheen, uh, Rob Lowe, who has not aged. That man is a yeah. vampire. Him, yeah. and, him and Keanu Reeves are coming for your children. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I'm I'm loving that show. It's just it's just good. It's just playing good. Um, but in addition to that, uh, do you know what's special about this week besides the fact? that it's our anniversary and your birthday. There's something else special about this week? There is something very special about this week. I don't know. So, traditionally, every year, this is the week that would be E3. Oh. The Electronic Entertainment Expo. That was the O of I just asked you for something particular and you're like, how do I walk yeah. away from this conversation? Um, <laughs> this is like a mini Christmas to me every year yeah. because it is the time every year where we get to see what the new uh, technology is, what the new video games are. I can't wait. Uh, every year when we hit June, I'm like, yes, E3 is right around the corner. Oh, and it's Betsy's birthday too. And I just get, <laughs> I get so excited that I'm going to get to celebrate video games and our anniversary, but mainly yeah. video games. <laughs> and so. Yes. One of those things has been taken away from you this year. Uh, no, neither one of them was. They were. It's very good this year. So E3 itself, as a as an in person conference, is not around this year. But uh, in its stead, uh, most of the video game companies that put things out uh, have been putting things out over the past few weeks and are actually continuing mm -hmm. uh, well into August. And so uh, this past. Thursday, uh, PlayStation did an event to show what the new PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 5 games look like, and I was so excited. We're getting a Spider-Man Miles Morales game. Mm -hmm. For those of you who don't know, Miles Morales is the black Hispanic Spider-Man uh, who took over for Peter Parker in Ultimate Comics after he passed away, supposedly, but he didn't really. You need to read all of them. It's really complex and convoluted. Needless to say, uh, Miles Morales is an amazing character, uh, the star of the movie Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. If you're not familiar at all, watch that movie and then read some Spider-Man comics. It's really, really good. Um, but it is the sequel to the 2018 Insomniac Games uh, game Spider-Man, uh, in which Miles was introduced as a secondary character. This game will focus on him. He has gained spider powers over the course of the Spider-Man game and expansions and is now going to be Spider-Man on his own terms, um, which is similar to Spider uh, Peter Parker in a lot of ways, but uh, also very different. So okay. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, I love that character. I love the Spider-Man game. Uh, it's one I go back to over and over again on the PlayStation. It's just, it it's gonna be tons of fun. Um, but in addition to that, we're getting a new Ratchet & Clank game. We're getting a new Horizon game. Uh, we're getting some indie games uh, that look really, really interesting, and some are really, really weird. Um, one that, if you watch the trailer for it, will get stuck in your head is Bug Snacks. Bug Snacks? Bug Snacks. Uh, okay. It is so catchy that I'm going to stop this recording so that you can watch the video. I suggest that 
uh, the listeners at home, stop this uh, podcast, look it up on YouTube, and then... Nick Jr. program for preschoolers. Oh, it was perfect. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I I don't know if I'll buy that game or not, but you better believe I'm going to watch videos. Um, that's like, who would come up with that? That's just crazy. That's like so weird. Someone who is on some really good medication. Wow. I, if it's not already the tagline, the tagline needs to be, you are what you eat. Yes. It's fantastic. Uh, wow. Again, if, if you haven't watched the trailer for Bugsnax, go watch Bugsnax. It's it's ridiculous. B-U-G-S-N-A-X. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's, uh, a, that was that's so different. It's unique. Oh, yeah. I know. Um, uh, I, uh, But that's what I love about this time of year is you get all sorts of neat little, little games that you've never heard of or never been even looking forward to and uh, and they come out of nowhere and and they'll be charming or they'll yeah. they'll have a little hook or something that grabs you and and you're in you're ready to go uh, one of the ones I saw that I'm really excited about is a spinoff of uh, a game I really enjoyed on the PlayStation 3 uh, little big planet oh yeah uh, they're making uh, Sackboy adventures uh, which is going to be Honestly, it's ludicrously close uh, to Super Mario to the point where I would not be surprised if someone gets sued. It is, <laughs> it is like a redress of Super Mario World. Wow! But it it looks like so much fun. Yeah. Um, I I look forward I look forward to that. Um, and then they showed the box, which is weird looking, and it looks <laughs> like an open book. Um, but I, I very seldom buy video game consoles for how the console looks. I usually buy it for the games on it. And the games were impressive. Yeah. Um, I haven't... I'm 95% sold on the PlayStation yeah. 5. Especially since they revealed two versions. One which will probably be the more expensive and one the less expensive version. But um, Xbox is next up. And they're up in July. And I can't wait. It's going to yeah. be awesome. They're going to... They're going to show off all of their first-party games, and it's going to be a tough fight for them to to win my dollar. But they might. They they could easily do it. But regardless, video games are awesome. They're just yeah. they're cool. They are super cool. This time of year is my favorite time. This morning, uh, actually at uh, ten o'clock, uh, I took a fifteen-minute break uh, because they revealed the new trailer for the new Star Wars game. Oh, uh, which is Star Wars Squadrons, uh, and we haven't had a, a good Star Wars uh, Starfighter game in a while outside yeah. of uh, individual parts of, of other games. But this is a game strictly about being a Starfighter pilot, and it comes out this October, and it looks really, really yeah. cool. Um, Star Wars is one of my favorite things, and so I, <laughs> I can't yeah. wait. I look yeah. forward to it. Cool. Um, but uh, moving on from that, uh, this week, uh, because we decided not to watch Thunderball, uh, I've seen it a few times before, um, and and just for the sake of my own mental health and enjoying this property without um, 
uh, stopping podcasting. Um, <laughs> I decided to take a different uh, path today okay. on uh, on Thunderball. And so here's what we're going to do. Audience, Betsy, here's the plan. We are going to tell this story three times. Um, the first time, Betsy is with little to no experience in this movie. She has been in the room when I've watched it one and a half times. Um, okay, I have no idea which... So, Betsy is going to tell us, based entirely on uh, the title, and if she asks, I will give her the top five character names from IMDb. Uh, from that point forward, she is going to tell us the three, the three parts of the movie. She is going to tell us the cold open. What happens in that opening <laughs> few minutes of the movie to catch our attention? She is then going to tell us uh, the main plot, and she's going to tell us how the movie ends with what zinger. Um, and I'll be honest, I don't know what the zinger is, but I want you to tell us oh. how the movie ends. You're gonna you're gonna tell this to us in five minutes or less. Okay. That's the game. So give me just a second. I'm gonna pull up IMDb so I can get you uh, and names. And I'm horrible about trying to tell stories on stuff I don't know. So uh, for uh. the for the record, uh, whenever you are doing a um, James Bond. Uh, property the cold open very seldom if ever uh has uh until you get into some later bonds has anything to do with the rest of the story so hmm. the only person you need to know for the cold open is james bond okay. so starting now you've got uh two minutes max what happens in the cold open of thunderball in the cold open james bond is off somewhere with the girl his love interest um in the backseat of the car, picnic, I don't know. Um, and he gets a call from Money Penny. Okay. Not Money Penny, no. M. M. About uh, a mission. Okay. So, and uh, the girl that he's with begs him to stay and he's he uh, disrespects her in some, some way and throws her aside like yesterday's garbage and okay this is the cold <laughs> this is the cold open this is well, the main what he did in the last movie. <laughs> after the cold open the cold open okay. is the like action some sort of fight scene yeah it's the action set piece before the main movie so and i missed i didn't see the last one so I'm okay in, the cold open. in goldfinger he wears a tuxedo he goes in in a wetsuit blows up a tower goes <laughs> in uh, uh is uh meeting the girl he's been seducing, uh, uses her as a human shield, fights a guy, kills him, and then we go into Goldfinger. Okay. So I say he is at a, a hotel, um, and there's, <laughs> so bad at this. Um, there's a- what, What's the opening action set piece? There's a big fight somewhere with somebody. Oh, okay. That was that was the most general <laughs> yes. possible thing you could say. Okay. okay. So then it's called Fireball, right? Thunderball. Thunderball. Okay. So. Usually yeah, the cold know. open has nothing to do with the name. Um. <laughs> what what happens in the action set piece? We'll um, we'll make it simple. What happens in the action? What is James Bond trying to do? What does he do? And how does he do it? He's trying to rescue something, like, uh... Is it a thing? A Is it person? a person? Maybe he's what trying he to rescue a girl. Okay. So I'll say he's trying to rescue a girl. Okay. And, 
somebody's got her against her will. And okay. So he goes and he fights him and he holds him at gunpoint and throws him off. And okay. Then he gets away with her. Okay. And he falls out of frame with the girl into, yes. the, into the cold open. And, yes. Uh, and the title, yeah. the title song is sung by who? I have no idea. I uh, guess. It's 1965. Um, I just don't know names of people to even guess. Uh, how about, I will guess, just Ella, Ella James. Ella, uh, okay. Is that her name? Edda. Edda James Edda or James. Ella Fitzgerald? <laughs> yeah, I was getting mixed up. Edda okay. James. I'll just pick her just because uh, she sang the song that we danced at our wedding. That would probably have been a better song. Probably. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you later who it actually was. Okay. All right. So here are your characters to play with. This is your playground. You have James Bond. You have Domino. You have Largo. You have Fiona. I'll give you. I'll even give you Fiona's last name. Fiona Volpe, which means wolf. All right. Um, you have Felix Leiter, and you have Count Lipe. And, and I'm, I'm not gonna, gonna remember any of those names. Fair enough. I'll tell you right now. Even knowing the plot of this story, I don't remember Count Lupe. So, All right. Um. Okay. So now we're after the okay. opening sequence. You, you you have five minutes. Go. All right. So. What is the mission? The mission, if he chooses to accept it, mm -hmm. is he has to go stop uh, the bad guy from. Blowing up Which bad a guy? mountain. Which bad guy? Um, what's the name of the show? The movie? Thunderball. Thunderball. So is the bad guy's name Thunderball? No. Because the last one it was Goldfinger. <laughs> that that would be easy. Because right, we had Doc, name? we had Doctor No and yeah. and Goldfinger, and the <laughs> time he infamously fought uh, from Russia with love. Um. Uh, what's the name of the bad guy? Okay, so the bad guy is... Uh, I gave you a list of names. Yeah. Domino, Largo, Fiona Volpe, and uh, Felix Leiter, and Count Lipe. We'll say Count Lipe is the bad guy. Okay. But I don't know. We'll just say that. Um, so he's about to blow up some important mountain somewhere. And uh, for the sake of the, the um, English government... Bond has to go and stop him. Okay, you got four minutes. And and so he goes, and then he, uh, there's a girl that he seduces, but she's working for the bad guy. Okay, does she have a name? Um, you just told it to me. I gave you a list. Yeah. Which one? It was, it was I only heard one girl's name. <laughs> Is it Domino Largo Fiona Volpe? Fiona. We're gonna say Fiona because it's the only one that sounds like a girl's name. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, so Fiona's working for the bad guy, so she's trying to, he seduces her and he gets her on the other side. He turns her to be the good, on the good guy's side and he, um, nice he goes story. and he, he starts to, he gets captured by the bad guy and put somewhere and somehow Felix Leiter, um, is able to get him out of there and rescue him and in the end, in the end he stops the bad guy from blowing up the mountain and everybody's everybody's happy and then um him and fiona at the end of the movie they're going off into um into bliss they land they i don't know the last one was parachuting the one before that was in the back of a sailboat 
Um, Actually, so the one uh, the one before this was they were in a hotel room. Oh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And before that was a boat. Okay, so um, they're in an airplane hangar. They, they they sneak back, stuck back in the back of the airplane hangar office, and okay, and then the credits roll out. Okay, so <laughs> such a weird movie. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, at <laughs> this point. Uh, I'm going to take a little bit more than five minutes to say what I remember of the plot of this movie. I'm doing this from memory. I am not looking at Wikipedia. After I have said the plot of this movie from memory, I'm going to pull up the Wikipedia article. We are going to see where I where I diverge from reality. And uh, then we're going to get into a little bit of the behind-the-scenes drama because with this film, there was much uh, behind-the-scenes drama. So... Uh, the film starts with a cold open at a funeral. Uh, we, <laughs> so far off. So we zoom out from a headstone with the initials JB. Hmm. We zoom out further to see James Bond observing the tomb, knowing that it is not James Bond. He is with a lady who appears to be uh, of French and Asian descent. Um, he is speaking with her, says he needs to go take care of something. He watches a funeral procession drive away. A woman, all in black with a veil, gets into the car and drives to a manor. James Bond sneaks in on the woman and promptly punches her in the face. Oh! Ripping off her veil, it is revealed that it is, no, it is Jack Lemmon in disguise. Well, <laughs> not really. This isn't Some Like It Hot. That's a better movie. No, this is, uh, this is the man who was supposedly being buried in the disguise of his widow. Oh. James Bond and him get into a really big fight, um, in which case it looks really weird for James Bond to be beating up a cross-dressing man. Um, <laughs> uh, James Bond beats the individual, kills him uh, to make sure that the funeral was indeed accurate, uh, goes outside. The gentleman's henchmen come after him. He jumps into a jetpack, which is a real-life working jetpack. Uh, jets out of building over to the Aston Martin DB5. Jumps in, uh, is pursued by the attackers. He uses water jets on the car. Don't ask me how the water jets work. It's <laughs> a movie. Uh, makes his escape, and we are then serviced with Tom Jones's. Uh, rendition of the song Thunderball. Okay. Fun fact, there is a rumor that Tom Jones actually passed out in the midst of the long note in Thunderball. Interesting. So, we then get into the movie proper. Uh, the movie kind of executes on two planes of action. On one plane of action, we have Spectre. Uh, the shadow villains who've been with us for a few movies now. Uh, they have their organization, and uh, poor... Uh, number one is looks like he's stuck behind a garage door that doesn't go all the way up he's in his large uh rather spacious room that looks like a fellowship bible church elder room meeting um <laughs> and uh of course kills the henchman that's not the one who he sounded mad at but the one right next to him uh we then find out that fiona volpe uh is amongst those who is working for Spectre. And so she, she was working for the bad guy. <laughs> and she is working alongside Largo, Emil Largo. Mm -hmm. uh, the plan is that Largo is going to uh, kidnap and replace 
Domino, who is the Bond girl in this film, and her brother, uh, who he is going to uh, send in a body double for uh, to steal a plane with some nuclear warheads. Uh, Fair warning, I may mix up plot points between this film and Never Say Never Again. Uh, (laughs) They are, in fact, uh, the same story, just told in uh, about 20 years difference. That will come back in a little bit with the history of this film. Anyhow, (laughs) so the plane is stolen. Uh, The individual trying to double for Domino's brother uh, actually uh, tries to blackmail Spectre. Um, And you would think that they would admire him for it since extortion is in the Spectre uh, name, uh, but instead they kill him. And so you have a plane at the bottom of the ocean. The mission, should James Bond choose to accept it, is to retrieve uh, the device, the nuclear devices that were on the plane. What proceeds is one of the slowest moving James Bond movies on record, <laughs> uh, where a lot of underwater swimming happens and uh, a lot of rape. Um, so uh, because of the mission at the beginning of this, James Bond is going to a recuperation center where he uh, sleezes on a uh, female worker. Uh, she punches the, puts him on a stretching table after rejecting his advances um, where someone tries to kill him. Uh, James Bond survives. She pulls him off the machine and then he extorts her for sex. Yes, it is just as gross as it sounds. Um, then uh, James Bond fights uh, the individual who was trying to kill him uh, before escaping to find out that this was all tied to the stealing of the planes. Uh, James Bond then goes on the mission to track down what's going on. Um, and so as James Bond goes to track down these stolen nuclear warheads. Uh, James Bond is actually seduced by Fiona Volpe. Uh, Fiona Volpe is a femme fatale in this. Uh, For those of you who are not certain of that terminology, femme fatale is typically in a storybook, a woman who at least to the main character, if not the main character and the reader, you are not certain of whether their intentions are good or bad. So James Bond is not entirely sure whether Fiona Volpe is on the level or not. He finds out very quickly that she's not. Um, But the rest of the movie is a cat and mouse game between him, uh, Fiona Volpe, and Emile Largo. So over the course of the movie, um, Bond and uh, Fiona Volpe have kind of a cat and mouse game. run circles around each other. Bond's uh, partner, who is also a woman, uh, is kidnapped and murdered by Fiona Volpe. Mm-hmm. Um, Emil Largo uh, has a uh, swimming pool shark tank, which oh. he uses to kill uh, one of the villains. Um, James Bond uh, meets Largo and confronts him, does the typical, whereas Goldfinger captured Bond to have the confrontation Bond just sets up a meeting. He's like, hey, man, how's it going? <laughs> now you're the bad guy. He's like, cool. I know you're a bad guy, too. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, over the course of the movie, uh, Bond helps Felix Leiter to track down the nuclear warheads. Um, eventually, uh, Bond is cornered by Fiona Volpe at his hotel room with several henchmen, um, at which point they then uh, debate with each other who was worse at sex. <laughs> and... Um, uh, and to be honest, having seen how badly uh, 
Sean Connery's bond is with women in general. I kind of tend to believe her. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> we yeah. move on. And uh, Bond escapes from them uh, in a car. I believe they're in Cuba or another South American country. Um, as per usual, they're not kind to minority minorities and other ethnicities. Um, Bond escapes to a dance club called the Kiss Kiss Bang Bang uh, Dance Club, which at one point was an alternate title for this film. Huh. Um, during the... During the scene, Bond is trying to blend in. He has already been wounded. Uh, and at this point, Fiona Volpe is trying to uh, keep him lined up for the shot from an assassin from behind the cur curtain. Bond, at the last second, throws her into the bullet's trajectory, uh, kills her, and then in some of the laziest writing of the Bond franchise says, uh, don't worry about her, she's just dead. And then moves on to track down uh, Domino, uh, who is being held captive, uh, and Largo. Big fight happens on Largo's ship, the Disco Volante, uh, where Bond throws the one of the good-hearted Spectre scientists overboard uh, after he helped Domino. Uh, they blow up the boat, and the Marines take out the Disco Volante and everyone but Largo. The killing blow is saved for Domino herself. Uh, Bond and Domino get off the boat, and they're out on a out on a raft out on the sea. And you're like, man, didn't they do this in Doctor No? Are they going <laughs> to be that lazy? And no, they're not. In easily one of the coolest things from the movie, they utilize a piece of spy tech that, come to find out, is a real thing okay. called Skyhook. Uh, are you familiar with it? Nope. All right, Skyhook. For those of you who are uninitiated. You use a device to inflate a balloon. This balloon is attached to a long, very powerful uh, line. It shoots up into the air. A plane comes down with an arm, scoops up right at the edge of the balloon. The, there's a loop at the edge of the line and pulls you up into the plane. It's, uh, it's is, is it like the, what you do in your video games when like you send people up after they like- Oh, and Metal Gear Solid? Yeah. Uh, similar, not quite. Why? Um, it's actually more similar to if you watch the middle of the movie, The Dark Knight, uh, when he's trying to extract the Chinese national, he utilizes Skyhook. Okay. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with this, Google it. Uh, Google Skyhook. It is an interesting read. Um, these movies, if nothing else, are good for learning some old spy tech. And in just a second, I'm going to pull up Wikipedia and we are going to go over what actually happened in this film. All right, and pulling up Wikipedia, I am both close and so, so, so far away. Okay. Um, so, a little bit of background. I'll go ahead and give the background before we jump into the plot. So, uh, Ian Fleming uh, wrote Casino Royale and several of the James Bond novels, uh, the fairly short reads, um, early on in the 50s and was trying to figure out ways to make a film property. Uh, they did a TV adaptation of Casino Royale where they made some major changes in the 50s. Um, Mainly being that James Bond is American instead of British, and uh, Peter Lorre is the bad guy. Okay. Um, you know who Peter Lorre is. 
I think so. I know the name. Big bug-eyed guy from Casablanca and uh, okay, the yeah, Maltese Falcon. Okay, that's not Falcon. what I was picturing, but yes, I know who that is. Okay. Anyhow, um, so he and a gentleman named Kevin McClory uh, work on a film treatment called Thunderball. Uh, and it is the rough story of what ends up in this movie. Uh, so that falls through. And Ian Fleming being the, we'll say individual, because I don't know that he was a gentleman. Um, the individual that he was uh, then published the story as if he came up with it on his own. Okay. Kevin McClory understandably sued him. Yeah. Um, so going into this, uh, they decided they wanted to make a movie. Uh, it's got all the stuff that a James Bond movie needs. It has... it. It was actually one of the stories that they wanted to make first. It just wasn't working out that way. Yeah. Um, so they told Kevin McClory, hey, we will make you a producer on this. And uh, on the condition that uh, you don't touch it, you let us do this um, for a good, you know, 10, 15 years. Now, the reasoning many people have speculated is the producers of James Bond thought that James Bond would be run out by 15 years. No one would care about James <laughs> Bond anymore. Here we are uh, nearly 60 years later and we're waiting for another James Bond movie to come out. Um, so a few years later, um, Kevin McClory says, all right, time's up. I'm ready to go. And EON, uh, the production company that uh, owned the rights to James Bond on film, sued him. Oh. <laughs> and so... So now he's been sued twice. Well, he sued them, they sued him. Oh, gotcha. Ian Fleming, okay. by the way, is long dead at this point. Okay. Um, and so the court case makes it through and Kevin McClory is granted the rights to anything pertaining to the story of Thunderball. That includes the character of James Bond. That includes the character of M. That includes the character of Q. That includes, uh, that includes- Moneypenny? I'm trying to remember if Moneypenny's in the story or okay. not. I don't believe so. Uh, but in, in the story of Thunderball, uh, so many James Bond properties are in there that Kevin McClure can now make his own James Bond movies after this. In 1983, we had something called the Battle of the Bonds. So Sean Connery had a falling out with the James Bond producers. Uh, I'll talk more about that next episode in You Only Live Twice. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, things have been getting rough behind the scenes for a while. Had a falling out with the producers. Came back in... Uh, to make a film called Diamonds Are Forever, which is a, it is so bad it's good. It is ridiculously bad. Um, uh, 1974, around the time that this lawsuit is happening. Okay. And then he left. And when he left, he told his wife, I will never play James Bond ever again. Hmm. And so his wife, when he came back to the role in 1983, for the film Never Say Never Again, say, said Never Say Never Again, make, making the title yeah. of this film. Nice. The film is a straight up remake of this one. Uh, they change a few things, they modernize it a little bit, and honestly, it's a better movie. Um, and when we get to uh, 
the uh, the film that came out at the same time that I won't say for not wanting to put an explicit tag on this. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's 1983 Roger Moore. You can do the math. Uh, that, that goes over my head. It's fine. <laughs> um, I, I'll explicit tag that one when we get to it. Anyway, that year we had two James Bond movies came out within a few months of each other uh, and they called it the Battle of the Bonds now of course the official film starring Roger Moore actually ended up making more money but originally in the movie Never Say Never Again Roger Moore was going to walk by in a scene as James Bond and shake hands with Sean Connery as kind of (laughs) a uh, screw you to uh, Cubby Broccoli Um, (laughs) while doing press on that film uh, he was on a, an evening show. Uh, it might have even been The Tonight Show. And someone asked Sean Connery, who's the villain of the film? And he said, Cubby Broccoli. Uh, <laughs> so lots of drama behind the scenes. Uh, that film came and went. Uh, and still the lawsuit persisted until after Kevin McClory's death. Uh, because of the lawsuit from 1980, about 1980, until 2015, uh, EON Productions was unable to use any of the characters introduced in Thunderball. And that includes a character that'll be introduced in the next film, but Spectre was invented for the story of Thunderball. Oh. And so Spectre, as an organization, disappears in 1981. There is a quick, unnamed reference to the main bad guy character who, up to that point, has not been killed. They kill off unceremoniously at the beginning of the film for your eyes only, without referring to him by name or by the name (laughs) of the organization he works for. And it is a humiliating act. We will talk about that more when we get to For Your Eyes Only. But... This thing was ugly until 2015 when the lawsuit was finally settled and the James Bond franchise gained access back to those characters. It all fell under the same the same roof. And some James Bond box sets now that are sold can include what up until recently was an unofficial James Bond film, Never Say Never Again. Okay. So it's very convoluted. There's much more to it. You can look it up on Wikipedia. Highly recommend it. Uh, it will lead you to some very fascinating articles um, about why you don't mess with people and steal their stuff. Yeah. Um, so, let me pull up the plot article for Thunderball, and I will skim over this as quickly as I can. <laughs> I'm not going to read it in detail because this might actually have more words than the French Revolution article. <laughs> so, Emile Largo uh, devises a plan to hold NATO ransom by hijacking two atomic bombs from an RAF strategic jet bomber during a training exercise. Uh, Spectre operative Count Lippe, eh, see, mm-hmm. he uh, recruits Angelo Palazzi to oversee the theft of the bombs, and with the help from Spectre agent Fiona Volpe, has him surgically alter his face to match that of French Air Force pilot Francois Deval, who is in assisting in the exercise. Volpe and Angelo eliminate the real Durval while they are staying at the Shrublands Health Resort only for the latter to demand more money. Fione acquiesces merely to have him continue their merely to have him continue their operation. Angelo successfully hijacks the bomber killing its crew, lands in the shallow waters within the Bahamas. 
While the bombs are recovered by his men, Margo murders Angela for reneging on his deal. Uh, and at this point, James Bond enters the scene. Now, I already told you about the cold open. That was actually accurate. It has yeah. next to nothing to do with the plot. <laughs> he actually used a rocket pack, even though he mishandles it as soon as he takes it off and would have burned off his hands. Um, and we get an action scene that's kind of cool and kind of weird. Okay. Uh, but at this point, uh, James Bond is recuperating at the Shrublands after his previous assignment. He notices the presence of the operative and keeps him under observation, discovering Durval's body. Upon being urgently recalled back to London, Bond finds himself targeted by Lippe for trying to interfere. Before he can defend himself, Lippe is killed by Fiona for nearly jeopardizing the scheme. Once back in London, Bond learns that all 00 agents are being put on high alert following the theft of the bombs. After being informed, a major city in the United States or United Kingdom will be destroyed unless $100 million is paid to Spectre within seven days. It's from Austin Powers. Uh, if you can put up with crude humor, watch them. They're funny. Um, while in talks with M on his assignment, Bond requests he be assigned to Nassau, Bahamas. I want to go to the Bahamas on assignment. Yeah. Next time there's a ransom, remind me to request assignment to <laughs> Nassau. Uh, and he's going to contact Durval's sister, Domino, after recognizing the uh, Durval from the photo. All right. So at this point, Bond meets with Domino. Uh, he finds out that she is the mistress of Largo. Um, both men recognize each other as adversaries. They have a cat and mouse game, pretending to be ignorant of each other. Uh, Bond meets Felix Leiter uh, and some other agents. Uh, he gets his extremely important equipment, which includes an underwater breathing device. That is the gadget of the film. It is a rebreather like a Jedi Knight or Batman would carry. All right. James Bond did it first. <laughs> um and it's something cool that I think everybody should have one of these things in your belt. Hey, I'm going to the pool. Well, I want to go to the bottom, so I'm going to have this thing. <laughs> um, so they go, they find out that... Oh, I got you. <laughs> Mark stops to pet the cat. Yeah, we've got a cat. Sorry. <laughs> All right, so Bond investigates. Uh, he finds out that uh, Felix, fellow agent Paula Kaplan was the female agent, was abducted, and she committed suicide before she could talk. Um, at this point, Bond is forced to escape and he kills Wolpe at the Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Uh, and in the midst of the Junkanoo celebration. Junkanoo? Junkanoo. Uh, Google it. Hmm. Anyhow, suspecting the bombs were brought to the area, Bond and Felix search for Vulcan and find it camouflaged underwater along with the body of Angelo. Upon returning to the island, Bond reveals to Domino that her brother was killed by Largo and has her help him search the Disco Volante. However, Largo catches her in the act and has her imprisoned, and he threatens her with uh, a cigarette and ice cubes and says, extreme cold and extreme heat, they will hurt. All right. Uh, that's not in here, but I remember it because it's just weird. weird. Yeah. Uh, these movies have some really weird stuff in him. Anyhow, um, Bond uh, replaces one of Largo's men. Inspector prepares to move the bombs and manages to learn where one of them is being moved before being forced to escape. Contacting Felix, the pair have the U.S. Navy intercept the Disco Volante and recover one of the bombs. 
Bond pursues after Largo and grabs hold of the Disco Volante as she sheds the rear half and transforms into a hydrofoil. It's a really fast boat okay. uh, to escape. Bond manages to get aboard and defeats Largo's men, whereupon Domino kills Largo in revenge after his assistant frees her. The group quickly flee Disco Volante moments before she is destroyed, whereupon Dom... Uh, Dom. This isn't Fast and Furious. Bond and Domino are <laughs> airlifted to safety. So, most of the high points. And they were airlifted to safety. Maybe there was a airplane hangar. Somewhere. <laughs> you were you were both close and not close at all. I was so far away. I said something about blowing something up. So hey, that was close. That that was. Uh, I said blowing up a mountain, but you know. Yes, that that was about as accurate as the magic bullet theory. Anyhow, <laughs> um, so <laughs> all that to say, this this is a, a movie that stylistically has a lot going for it. It also has a lot not going for it. Um, as I said before, there's a lot of underwater in this film, and it is so, so slow every time it's underwater. <laughs> um, uh, Bond is skeezy through the whole thing, uh, deceives uh, multiple women into sex. Just, it's icky. I, I get spycraft in that, but it there's just something about 30-odd-year-old Sean Connery as James Bond taking sexual advantage of these women that that's hickey uh, and while I enjoyed the spycraft and especially the ending uh, the ending fight between the Navy and the Disco Volante is really cool uh, and the sky lift on the sky hook is a really neat scene especially when you realize that a lot of those stunts were done practically they actually yeah. had people do them they really use a jetpack at the beginning of the movie that's really neat um a lot of the stuff around it just doesn't work for me. So uh, it's not a top tier Bond movie for me. There's a lot to like, but there's a lot to kind of scratch your head at and go, ugh. Um, so uh, the next movie we're going to watch is You Only Live Twice. Uh, fair warning, the next one, uh, I don't know that it gets much better as far as sexism, um, but it gets worse with racism. Uh, specifically towards uh, people from Asian nations. Um, so just to give you guys a heads up, uh, Bond is being written, acted, and uh, directed in a time that is not friendly to women, to nationalities, uh, honestly, to anyone who's not a white man. Uh, and so these are time capsules and I think they need to be viewed that way. Uh, not as anything to admire, not as anything to uh, replicate, but instead something to say, hey, this was really jacked up that this was normal and yeah. maybe we need to be better. And so I, I said this last week with Goldfinger, but I'll say it again this week for Thunderball. Yeah, maybe learn what's cool from this spy stuff and what's not cool, sexism, and next week, racism, and make a better movie. Yeah. So, with that said, there is a ton of good stuff out there to enjoy. Uh, I don't recommend that it be Thunderball, unless you're looking for a good nap, um, and or history lesson. Uh, this week, check out The Good Witch, or Once Upon a Time, or video games, or a book, or <laughs> The West Wing, or anything else that you enjoy. Um, don't feel obligated to try to power through a 24 or 27, uh, week movie watching 
something. If you don't feel like watching the movies, don't. Don't worry. We won't. Yeah. Uh, there are movies in here that I'm going to watch that we're going to love. There are movies in here I'm going to watch that we're not. And then there are going to be weeks where I know I'm not going to enjoy it and I'm not going to watch it. So I invite you to do the same. Quick update before I leave. Uh, the release of No Time to Die, at least in the United States, as of this week has been delayed. Uh, has actually been rolled back by two weeks. Uh, so the original plan was to include Never Say Never Again uh, and Casino Royale in our watching uh, schedule. Uh, that will not be the case. Uh, at this point, when we come upon those films, I will touch on them, but we will not be doing any sort of in-depth review. Um, so as we get to those, they will be mentioned, but uh, mainly as uh, footnotes, not as full reviews. So. Uh, thank you guys for coming out. Thank you for bearing with us. I hope you had fun and we'll see you next week with you only live twice. Bye.